Hello everyone, this is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I am so glad that you could join me for today's episode. Get ready for a treat. Hello everyone and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I'm your host, Lynn Stacy. Thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Today I have with me Miss Faye Mosby, who is an evangelist, author, speaker, songwriter, psalmist, um, doing so many works for the kingdom of God, and it's a blessing. Um, thank you for being here with us today, Miss uh Evangelist Mosby. I'm gonna call you Evangelist Mosby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. Awesome. I know when I um when I first heard you speak on the phone when I called you, I was like, wow, this this woman has some authority in her voice. You know, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to, I wasn't expecting that type of um response from you because uh looking at your picture, I'm just like, oh, she seems sweet and soft spoken and you know, now and you might be sweet and soft spoken, but I was like, but when she opens her mouth, I'm just like, she has some authority behind it. Um and that that that's something to me, um, because that can only come from God. Amen. And so um, I'm going to start off this podcast with uh, why write? Why did you decide to sit down and write a book? Well, the book, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to write. I'll kind of go back to when during the time that I was getting chemotherapy. um, That was when I wrote my first song and and. I was not known to be a singer or a songwriter. And it it was an answer to a question uh, that I have to God because I was kind of a baby Christian 33 years ago. And I thought uh, if I kept de- declaring, because I was just getting into following the word and declaring and decreeing. And I was thinking, I don't want to just say this and, and the doctors haven't said that it's okay. And the song came to me, I'll touch you with healing hands. So, uh, so after that, that was such a, a miracle to me to, that he gave me a song and it, it was complete as he gave it to me. And that's how he writes songs through me. But that was the very first song. And, and during the, also during the process, uh, well, after the chemotherapy, the cancer, some years later, he told me to chronicle my life and to tell my story and to go all the way back to childhood. And, and that was just another thing that amazed me. He's asking me to do this. And you, you begin to think when you not, uh, you haven't gone through something like that before you're thinking, why am I coming up with these ideas that you want to make sure it's not coming from your flesh and your thoughts that you are hearing the voice of God. And when I began to sit down and write, you know, the tears I shed, the things that uh, I had to go through to just bring forth the truth of my life. I knew God had told me to do it. And then from what people say to me as they read uh, my story. Awesome. And one thing that you said was, you know, when you when you said that when you hear from God, you want to make sure that you're actually hearing from him and you're not responding out of something that's coming out of your own flesh. So how mm-hmm. are you able to distinguish the difference between it wasn't coming out of your own flesh, but it was actually coming from God. When you take the time daily, 
uh, over the course of uh, being ill and having what they said was a terminal illness, um, and a lot of people pull away from God because they're angry, they're hurt, they're upset, they're wondering why is this happening to me? And every time I would say things like, what about my children? And he said, you know, I, I'm raising them anyway. You know, he would give me a, another, <laughs> like, I, you know, what do you think? You're the one that's doing all of this. And so I would always, I learned how to question God without being disrespectful. And uh, because I just didn't know everything because I hadn't been studying the word a long time, but I began to know that he was making me a teacher because of just things that I would hear in my spirit that he would tell me to do. So um, when I, you just begin to know, but the important thing is to spend time in God's presence all. And, and that's how he developed the worshiper in me. And I have to spend time in his presence. And a lot of people think, okay, I get up every morning and I pray this long and I do this and I do that. But oftentimes, uh, I remember when he used to wake me up at 3 a.m. every morning. So I'm thinking that I'm just having a hard time sleeping until he let me know I may uh, wake you up to pray. I may wake you up. He'd give me things that I would do. He says, it's really important for you to be obedient because I may be having you pray for someone in another country that, uh, and you interceding for them and earnestly doing it may save their life. You know, and all of that just seemed, you know how it is. You're like, what? (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I learned how serious God is. If he speaks something into your spirit, you know, you're not going to wake up at uh, three o'clock in the morning and just say, okay, (laughs) yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to pray for people, you know, that, you know, God is speaking to your heart and it's so important to just be faithful. And, and, uh, even if you don't know how to pray real well, or what to say, but Holy spirit will pray through you. You just need to yield your vessel and, and hear it. Let God speak because he knows where the need is, who has the need and all of that. And so it, I really remember thinking, you know, God, when you you were having someone else to undergird me, when when I was uh, so afraid, I, you know, and that's the thing I like to let people know. There was fear when doctors telling you you're, you're dying, and the other thing because cancer had metastasized from my breast into other areas. But the other thing is that the doctors weren't real pleased with me always saying, well, I know God, you know, because I just began to say what I read in Dodie Osteen's book and people who had been uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer before. I would just begin to say what God's word said. And I remember one time they said, "Miss Mosby, this is serious. I said, well, I know it's serious. I said, but. You all are saying I'm going to die, so I'm going to believe God because he said I'll live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. And they're looking at me like, okay. So they think you're a basket case when you're doing that. But now uh, I don't see my doctors in St. Louis anymore. But when I used to go after several years had passed by, they would just smile. They were just so happy to see me like, wow, you're still here. So Mm -hmm. it's important to just 
hear God's voice. And when you spend time in his voice, especially if you worship in the secret place by yourself, you really begin. You don't, you don't get his voice confused with anybody else. Of course, you worship when you're in church and everything. But it's so important to develop a life of worship, praising him, worshiping him in the secret place in your on your time by yourself. And then you recognize his voice and you begin to do what he tells you to do. Awesome. You said you said a lot in there uh, that I'm kind of like, wow, I can uh, want to piggyback off of that, want to piggyback off of that. So <laughs> I, I do have a question for you. I, I believe that, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that that should be like one of the, the, the things that Christians shouldn't do. You shouldn't go a day without prayer. Um, I believe mm-hmm. that it's so important because it's so important for us to know and learn the um, voice of God. And you mm-hmm. said that it happened. Uh, I, I remember reading in your book. And you were talking about um, when they diagnosed you with cancer. Um, and you also talk when I was talking to you on the phone and different things. When did I want to know, you could tell us, when did you get diagnosed with the cancer? And how long did they tell you that you had to live? I, um, I, I hope, if I get too long-winded, don't, you can always put your hand up and say, stop. Oh, I forgot. But I believe it's important to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot to silence my phone. But anyway. I um, uh, worked as a social worker, and uh, one morning I woke up, and I always like to take a shower at night or bath, and a shower in the morning. And, you know, to it was just my habit to wake me up. So I took a shower that night before, and there was no lump up under my arm. And when I woke up. Uh, the next morning and and got in the shower and I'm showering and I felt something that uh, felt like what would be a large uh, bird egg. And I was like, what is that? It never occurred to me. It could be cancer or anything, but I, I it kind of hurt. So that's why the uh, our staff doctor doctor's office was right across the hall from my office so I just walked out of my door to go in there to see him, but he hadn't come in yet. And so um, he, he, when he came in, I went in and I, I said, what, uh, I had this happen. And I t- explained what I just said. And he said, well, let me examine you a little bit. And he did. And he said, you know what? I want you to go to your gynecologist uh, today. I was like, it's hard enough getting a, an appointment you know, uh, when you have an extended period of time to wait to get there, you know, and, and he said, no, I'll call him. I need you to be seen today. I want you to have a mammogram. I mean, you, you couldn't believe I was 37 years old then. You couldn't believe how you never think about those things. You, you, you didn't know anybody with breast cancer. Your, your mother, nobody in my family had had breast cancer. So it never occurred to me because I figured if it was any kind of lump, it would be in the breast. And so um, I did go that day and uh, the doctor examined me and he said, I'm going to send you for a mammogram. That was a Friday. He said, I'm going to send you for a mammogram on Monday. And he said, but I don't think it's much. I don't think this is much. And another thing is I had cut my hand. uh, And two weeks later is when this thing manifested. Now it came, you know, I understood. He said, oh, it's just probably infected from the cut on your hand and then um 
when I was driving away from his office, that was a, an experience with Holy Spirit that I had never had before, but it was like almost an audible voice said that this is serious. And so I was supposed to be going on a business trip and I went on and did that. And um, when I got back, went for the mammogram, uh, they could see it real plain. And then they um, did a biopsy. They told me, well, um, we'll have the information for you. It was a Monday and um, on Tuesday. I said, okay. And I, I called that Tuesday. No, ma'am, we haven't gotten results yet that Wednesday, that Thursday. Same thing. Now, I know how to try to watch what I say now because I said that Thursday. I know if I call tomorrow and that nurse says to me, I'm going to put you on the phone, Dr. Alt-Peter. I know something's wrong. And and so I shouldn't have let those words come out of my mouth. I, I'm just saying, you know, it's mm-hmm. not that it would change things, but it was just a lesson to learn to make sure that you um, uh, keep a, a, a gate, a watch over your mouth and, and make sure you're understanding what you're speaking. So anyway, when I did call that Friday evening, when uh, she said, Miss Mosby, I have to put Dr. Alt-Peter on the phone. And he said, well, we I'm sorry it took so long, but we had to test and see how we would treat you because it, it is cancer. It's metastasized. And um, we're, we are going to start chemotherapy treatment and then we'll do radiation therapy. And I'm just on the phone like stunned. And but I'm a calm person, so I'm listening and I'm, he said, you have any questions? And I'm asking questions, but I wasn't concentrating on what he was saying. So at any, in, at any rate, um, they did uh, do the mastectomy and all those things and, and started the, uh, they started the chemotherapy. And there's a lot that happened with that. Lost every inch, every bit of hair. And just different things like that. But the thing is, is that they were saying, well, you, you know, the way at the rate this grew and everything, you may uh, live three years. But, you know, this is, you know, what we're, I said, well, why are you doing all of this aggressive chemotherapy? And you, then you say it's going to be radiation therapy um, if you don't have any hope. He said, well, we have to try. And, and, like that but they never did say okay it's gone and all of that all and not until this day it was just maybe three years ago uh, that they stopped having me come in every six months mm-hmm. and I just stopped myself <laughs> I just stopped going myself which was maybe not wise but I was I had the wrong attitude I if it comes again I'm not bothering with it you know and so um so that's how that is. So they've never told me, you know, um, they didn't expect it to come back. And it's, it's certain things that happen or are said um, that m- let me know they're still looking. But I've got a doctor here, and I thank God he 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 prayed for me here when I went into his office. And I'm telling you, when he got my one uh, blood results back after I'd been going to him about a year he said he was so excited he was praising the Lord there in the office and he's a um 
a doctor from India. And so I was just really surprised at him. He was giving Jesus the glory. He said, this is the best sign because your blood work is perfect. Uh, he said, this first time it's perfect. And so, it, you know, they're still looking. There are some things I'm dealing with that uh, came from that with the lymphedema and things like that. But my story is to help others to understand things may happen, but it still doesn't mean that the enemy has control over what's going on with you. Here I am, 70 years old and um, still living. And it's, this all started when I was 37. Awesome. And God has kept you. And God yes. has kept you. That's a blessing. That's a blessing when, when, when you can, uh, when God can uh, still, he still, he still shocks doctors to this day yeah, <laughs> with the miracles and things that he does do in his um, people. And so yes. I believe that that's a blessing. Yes. Um, and I, um, you said sometimes you have to keep a gator over your mouth. And I, I want to say that you were talking about really around that time is when you kind of really begin to really step into just um, faith and speaking words of life. And I want to read something that you wrote in your book. And you said that um, um, her book is called uh, Through the Fire for His Glory. Um, and we can we're going to go through um, it a little bit. I'm going to put it up there. Um, awesome cover. And so um, in her book, she says that faith means faith in French. Thank God that whenever my name was spoken, faith was spoken over me. What we name our children is of vital importance because we speak whatever their name means into their life each time we call them. And so uh, do you believe that God presented this to you as a as a measure of just faith, of having faith and really beginning to walk in it so that you can walk according to like what your name meant? Yes, I really do. Because. I tell people all the time, I was not a faith giant, you know, because you start looking around at everybody else and say, well, they, this happened for them, but you have to look at your relationship with God and his word and just keep on standing on that. Even when people look at you like you cuckoo, you know, uh, you got to keep on uh, speaking that word. And I remember the one scripture that just, I was sitting in a church service at a, a, a friend of mine from college. He was the pastor. And uh, another, uh, some other friends and I, were, I uh, they were visiting me and uh, it was during the time that I was going through and we, we went to his church and we were sitting there and the message came forth. And I just remember sitting there in that audience and, and the scripture, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. He is chasing me sore, but he has not given me over unto death. And that's when I knew in my the very core of my being that I was going to live, you know, I, and I've stood on that word ever since. But I can remember when um, it's, just, it's just like I just began to cry, but not tears of sadness, but joy, you know, right there in the middle of the service, because it, that, that scripture just uh, just just enveloped me. And I knew that. Um, that the word of God is true. He let me know all was well. And, and I just keep standing on that to this day. It's so important to, it's so important for us to know the word of God, because there is just some scriptures I still kind of, I learned as a child and I'm still kind of hanging on to it. Um, mm -hmm. Scriptures that I've kind of learned in my adult. And I just, it's something that I just kind of, I would say live by and I just kind of quote it over and over again sometimes when I need to be reassured of God's word and being mm -hmm. able to just see uh, how it does transform my life. And so um, I believe that, that is, that's important. And I believe yes. that. 
just having that name and um, being able to just kind of see like, because uh, I, I remember a time in my life where I looked up the meaning of my name and I recently looked up the meaning of my middle name. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? I believe that this is so important when we begin to like name um, our children and we just um, speak different things. And because that is speaking uh, faith into a person's life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're going to keep on reading different things uh, from your book. And uh, I I was reading over this. And I'm just kind of like, wow, she's she was part of some historical stuff um, that happened here in uh, uh, Little Rock and North Little Rock area. I was mm-hmm. like, um, wow, this is this is a really awesome book because I, I, I didn't think I was going to have a chance to read it. And I was like, OK, let me just read a, a few of the first chapters. And I kept on reading. I kept on reading. I was like, OK, I'm on the next chapter. It's a easy read and so uh, I plan on I plan on finishing it and so but something that you said in your acknowledgments um, uh, before I get into like more of the, the the book it says thank you for in your acknowledgments this is what I find like really interesting because it says thank you for your obedience when it was this your season of support and uh, the thing that you put in there that I haven't really seen uh, I don't think I've ever seen it written in a book before it was like mm-hmm. your season of support as acknowledging the fact that sometimes people are only there for a season to support you and they mm-hmm. may not be there to support you, you know, in the lifelong, because sometimes we expect people to support us through our lifelong journey. And sometimes mm-hmm. there's just a season that people have in your life. And I just mm-hmm. found that really interesting. What what kind of like, I guess, calls you to write that? Um, one, of the, one of the things that I learned uh, through that course and even uh, what I'm going through now is uh, it's very important not to get into a place of unforgiveness and um, it's easy when you you um, you're vulnerable because you're in pain uh, you look at yourself and you're you it seems like you're diminishing and and so one of the real important things is to walk in forgiveness and to walk in love toward people. And sometimes your friends who you thought was your very best friends, you would think they would be there for you, but they, they're not. And sometimes you think your church members and you can be ill and they don't, they never even come visit you the whole time. They'll text and say, um, you know, if you need anything, let me know. And I'm, I've always thought, you know what it takes to uh, uh, take care of a house and to do things. Uh, don't wait till somebody tells you what they need because they're so overwhelmed. They're not going to, they don't even know where to start, you know? So I had to learn that lesson uh, of, I still must walk in love. I don't care how things feel or are going for me. I have to walk in love. I have to, walk in forgiveness and all of that. And so that's really where a lesson that God was trying to entrench in my spirit so that I wouldn't get off course. Because one of the things that he had me to do one time when I was just praying, uh, he, he told me this was early on, you know, I want you, he gave me two friends to, um, to go to them and ask them to forgive me for being jealous of their relationship. They were three years older than me, but they, I would hang with them. (laughs) And, um, but they had gone to college together and they had a, a, a relationship, you know, of, um, doing things together. They had, had different interests, but I always felt left out, but see to God, that was, um, 
something that could cause you to go into the wrong place. You know, jealousy, anger. Why, why are they leaving me? How come they didn't ask me to go to this and that? And so when he brought that to my attention, I called them. And back then we had the little three-way thing. They don't have it fancy like with the cell phones and stuff no, now. <laughs> but, but I did say to them, because whatever God spoke to me to do, I would do it. And so they were like, well, I, I told them I was jealous of your friendship. I thought that you left me out of things and all of that. And the Lord has been dealing with, with me about it. And I want to ask you to forgive uh, me for having that attitude. And they were like, we never knew you had an attitude. We never even knew. Why did you tell us? I said, because I want to live. If God pointed it out to me as something that I needed to deal with. And um, that's how that, that went. It was just amazing. God is so good and so kind. He'll warn, warn you of things that you, we think I'm minute. We think it's not that important, but it is. And so uh, it turns out that it helped them because they were trying to uh, deal with, you know, they had had some issues with some things with other people. And they told me we prayed about that and we went and, and we want to apologize to you. And I was like, really? You know, so, uh, but that's how that came out. But you had to be the one that uh, had to walk. You had to be the one to walk in obedience first before they could respond in the way that God needed them to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important for us to be able to just walk in obedience. Um, and then just even even furthermore from that, uh, I know that there was uh, one part and I, and I didn't mark it quite a bit. But um, you said that, you know, when God was um, tell, get, calling you into ministry, when he was calling you into ministry, uh, there were people that didn't support you and some and your family, they're accept, they're accepting it more now, but mm-hmm. like they didn't really, uh, because women in ministry, I feel like this was, this is part of the history of the church. Women mm-hmm. in ministry really weren't accepted. I would say probably in the time that you were growing up and sometimes it's still a struggle for some. And mm-hmm. so, uh, mm-hmm. why did you keep going with ministry with the lack of support for women in ministry and anything else you would like to share concerning it? I tell you what, <laughs> When you go through uh, the fire, <laughs> I won't. I won't just say scared, but <laughs> you and you have that that uh, time of spending time with God, and you know you've heard from Him. Um, you you just it's. I, I'll say it's a reverential fear. You are afraid not to do what He says do. Because, see, now, when you really have spent time in his presence, you know it's him. Now, you've, you've matured. You you know God is telling <laughs> you to do something. <laughs> and so it's just really, um, it's really a dangerous thing to just say, I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. Because um, I'm not understanding why he's putting this on me. He understands. That's the important thing. So just do what he says. Do. And and um, uh, most of the things that God tells us to do are things that we cannot do without him. Yeah. He's just looking at our obedience, whether we're going to yield to him or are we just giving him lip service. A lot of us stand up before the people and we have these powerful. So we think testimonies and we say things, you know, and and those very people will be the ones 
when you when want uh, another person comes up and they're honest and say, well, I when I was going through this, this is I thought if this happens again, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not going to I'm not going to even try to fight it. I was being honest. That's what I at that time. It was just so much going on. And and um, I was just I was honest with myself. I didn't tell anybody else. But when I was testifying, I was saying I did think that, you know, that that's in my own mind. And because I thought it, God was able to help me deal with it was fear. I don't want to lose my hair again. I don't want to go through this again. You know, they keep saying it's coming back and it things of tumors appeared in other places and they were just determined that, oh, OK, here it is. It's here. You know, it's come to your female organs and all of that, but it was benign because God is a keeper of his word. Yes, so we have we have to just be really careful at how people will try to um, discourage you when you try to walk by faith or you're walking by faith. And they'll they'll point out, no, that's 33 years ago that I was saying that because I was a baby i was scared i was suffering but now i don't think that or say that to myself or anybody else you know so we have to be so it's so important for us to be honest about Mm -hmm. our walk don't act like oh you know i'm a faith giant i'm telling you god told me this when i stood here too much I'm telling you, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm leery of it. You know, I I tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. So people will know. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because when you're really seriously going through something and um, you, you don't understand how to uh, uh, do things, you just you eat one day of time, one step at a time, you know, and it's all surrounded around God. Is all surrounded about around his being yielded to his spirit. Is I've just learned that I was always known to be very timid, very quiet, <laughs> and 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 everybody know God touched me because I wasn't the one who was gonna be you know. And when I the Lord said I was an evangelist, I said I don't be shouting and and screaming <laughs> when I I teach. I'm a teacher. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him what I am, you know. But he knew who he called me to be. Be like, I know what I put inside of you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I learned a lot. (laughs) Sometimes it's amazing when God will, um, he'll just wake you up to like the reality of what he really placed with inside of you. And it's just kind of like, you have to come to terms with it because you've known yourself for so long as just this. um, And then he'll, He'll lead you into like, okay, now this is what I've predestined you for. This is why I made you and created you. Mm-hmm. And he'll, uh, it's just kind of like, then you have to kind of come to terms with that because you've gotten so used to just being who you were, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now it's time for you to become who God has created you to be. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The realities of that. And so um, I want to uh, go on to, uh, not only do you write, you guys, this is her book called Through the Fire. Um, and but before we uh, kind of go on, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Inside of the book, she talks about also just um, the uh, integration um, that was going on within. Because you said that um, Little Rock 
had been integrated before, but North Little Rock was actually uh, working towards um, integration efforts beforehand, but it wasn't as successful. And so um, can you talk about that and how someone threw cold water on you and um, just the different things concerning um, what it was like going through different things like that? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's it's something now that I've moved back here, my parents' house is still where it was. They're, they've both gone to be with the Lord. But taking my granddaughters who I'm raising to school, one now goes to the high school where I went. And when I drive down this street, it brings back those um, memories because my house was right across the street from the high school. But when I was in elementary school, they came out to military heights and they began to do urban renewal, tearing homes down, making new streets and all of that. So in order to get to Hillside Elementary, where I went to school, I had to go along Percy Macon. Um, it's a, a street. I guess it's a drive now, whatever. And it would be little elementary school children walking uh, along the uh, street on the sidewalk and uh, a car full of Caucasian uh, students that went to the high school just stopped and threw a, a bucket of ice water on us. And we were just standing there. We didn't, it, we were so frightened. We were just standing there. We didn't even know whether, whether to walk. They drove on off, but we didn't know whether to walk or what to do, you know. And uh, we finally uh, gained our composure and arrived at school soaked and wet. And they were wondering what happened, you know, and we told them what happened. So that really, that was my first personal experience of uh, uh, with a, a white person and, it really put a lot of fear in me. I didn't want to have anything to do with them because it was like, we weren't doing anything. And I'm like, uh, I couldn't have been more than um, fourth grade when that happened. So anyway, um, but in 1957, before um, uh, the, the North Little Rock Six, it was uh, two of my cousins, and uh, my brother, who uh, got killed in Vietnam um, years later, and then other people uh, that we knew in the neighborhood. And uh, these, uh, the pastors and different ministers in, in the, uh, in, what do you call it, people who are uh, trying to uh, get us into a place where we, we are in our rightful place in the, in the community they walked up to North Little Rock High to and uh, to go in 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 that at the beginning of the school year, and we have pictures of where the people's fist was in their face and all of that. And they didn't get in, but uh, Central, you know, uh, was able to uh, be integrated. The thing that I, I look back at all of that is as a child. I was I was only um, five years old when that happened, so I don't remember that part. But all of the stories, you know how you pass on the stories to the children. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, people didn't understand what we, uh, as Black people, we had to go through. And to actually experience it, because as I grew older, uh, going into places where, you, you know, 
kids start learning how to read colors only. Who are the colors? <laughs> you know, that's what I was saying to my mama. Who are the colors, you know? And just seeing all of those things and how I remember these things as I got older and older, the um, the whites only sink was clean. The blacks only, uh, colors only sink was nasty, you know, and it was just things like that. They, they didn't, you know, and you, you wouldn't dare think about trying to clean it because they wanted it to look like that for you. And, um, even some years later when I think it was my junior year or, or senior year, first time that I got a chance to go and work at this restaurant that was, um, uh, not far from my house. And and it, see, these kind of experiences, that's why people think that we're overreacting to how things are. But as a child, those things in a, in a teenager, it, it, it made an impact on me. <clears throat> so here's, here I go to school and uh, I mean, go to work and it's a young lady there who was younger than me. And, um, but they gave her, she's a Caucasian young lady. They gave her the better job. They would let me touch the money. They All I was there to do was to sweep and clean and things like that. But I was the one who had the skills to do it. But it, they wouldn't let me. So all of those types of things I carried in my memories. She's like, wait a minute, I'm getting ready to graduate. Why are they letting her, you know, do it? And she ne always needed my help. <laughs> <laughs> but she wouldn't let them see her, you know, asking for how to count the change back and that type of thing. So things that you see when you're growing up, um, it's impacting. And uh, when I uh, graduated from, uh, was graduating from high school and was talking with my counselor about what my plans were, and she said, oh, no, you're not college material. You um, you need to, uh, to go somewhere where you can take up a trade. <laughs> I said, I guess I'm not college material because I don't know what you mean trade. <laughs> All I know is everybody else in my family went to college, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. not trade. And so um, I went to, uh, she, she told, discouraged me, told me do not apply at the University of Arkansas. I would never get in there. And that's why I thank God for um, affirmative action, because my cousin who was up there already, uh, he he's told me this is how you will be able to get in, you know. And I was able to uh, go to the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, and that's where I graduated from. Awesome, awesome. I think that um, I mean I know that you said you know you're not a, a faith giant and you haven't. Uh, maybe you didn't really realize that you were exercising faith, but to still like experience some of the things that you've experienced. And before you actually got to a point where you really began to acknowledge faith, it seems like um, there were still like different opportunities presented to you where people said that you couldn't do or mm -hmm. don't do. And you still pressed forward and did it. And so <laughs> um, I look at that as like, you know what, it seems like there's been a journey of faith throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that that's 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 so important just the, that your name means faith. And then, yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe faith is important to the body of Christ. And that's what we stand yes. on really and truly is faith. Um, yes. is what we stand on is faith. And and just the fact that you kind of 
uh, with this, and I'm gonna um, get, we're gonna get ready and bring this interview to a close. But the fact that you kind of was talking about, you know, um, your experience as a child growing up, and you kind of talk a little bit about the different types of feelings that are developed in you um, as a child. And I would say, like, how has God healed you over time from just um, from just that whole thing um, now that you're um, older? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I look back and I see the personality that he gave me. I've always been a warm, loving type of uh, child. I was that way. And, um, and people could see that because sometimes people try to take advantage of um, that. But God taught me over the years without me even realizing that's what was going on, that um, to walk in love. And then I had a mother who was very outspoken, everything. Because when I read some of the articles that was in the paper where she was saying things, I said, it's a wonder our house didn't get bombed. And they weren't like mean things, but they were firm. You know, we're standing against this. So I'm sure I got a lot of that. And she trusted God, I'm telling you. She would, when when we would be, we got older and we was in the faith movement and we thought we knew. And she said, I I, I got faith. She said, but I know the man. <laughs> I was like, I learned a lot from her, but, um, but God, I thank him to this day and it just almost made me cry. I thank him for the sweet spirit that he gave me, that he gave me a spirit of loving people and caring about people. And even when they misuse me or they talk about me and all of that, I'm still going to love you to life because that's what my assignment and all of our assignment is, is to walk mm-hmm. as he he walked. And he, a lot of people didn't understand when I adopted my daughter. And um, I, my whole thing is that we're adopted. Why is she different, so different? Because, uh, you know, if Jesus adopted us and took us in and we see some a child whose mother left her at the hospital and never came back for two years, um somebody take them in so i i even though she's done things that caused me to just want to pull all my hair out um i still have to love her just like i do my son and i took her daughters not out of anger it's it's to take them out of harm's way so walking that love walk gets us uh, to that place that god has called us to be awesome i i, I think that's awesome walking the um, love walk because we are called to love, aren't we? That is yeah. God, because God is love. We're yeah. called to love. And so uh, we're going to get ready and uh, bring this interview to a close. But I also got you. I want to make you guys aware of um, the fact that she has a couple of CDs out. I'm not sure if it's a it's a full CD or not, but um, let me put it up here. And uh, she's also list. a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, you said what now? Now, a Created to Worship You is a full length. It has like 15 tracks on it. So and mm-hmm, and then um, my worship is my warfare. A friend of mine wrote that. Um, that's the a single. And I recently released um, two singles back in October. One is his love endures forever. And the other one is the spirit and the bride. And what I love about the spirit and the bride it's a, a new version of the one that's on the album. As God told me to write that song. He said, a lot of people don't know how to witness and how to, you know, evangelize and draw people. 
and it's a catch and call like um, words. Uh, the people come up with excuses of why they don't come to church, why they haven't given their life to Jesus. This song addresses that. Awesome. The spirit I, I, and the bride say come. Yeah, I, I like that. The spirit and the bride. <laughs> I like that. So I was like, hold on. Well, that, 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 I, love, I like that. And that's the name of the song. Uh -huh. the, fir the first one is the spirit and the bride, but I, I revamped it some. Um, I, I went through Todd Delaney's. Um, um, he has a production company now and mm -hmm. I consulted with him about that and we rearranged it some and it's called the spirit and the bride say come, but it's still the same thing. Inviting people to Jesus and they're saying, but you don't know what I've done. And you say, you're not the only one, you know, and it's, that song is a great one. Sometimes you can just give that to somebody you want to, you've witnessed to, and they wouldn't listen. It's jazzy <laughs> and awesome. it'll, um, it'll speak to their heart. Awesome. I think that's awesome. I, I, yeah. I think that's awesome. And you say you work with Todd Delaney. That's another, uh, that's a, a gospel artist. Um, yes. Yeah. And yeah, I'm familiar with Todd Delaney. I was listening to one of his songs the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, so you guys, this is um, Faye Mosby. And is there, where can they go if they wanted to uh, get a copy of your book or if they wanted to check out some of your music? Where is a specific place that they can go and uh, look okay. those things up? For the book, Through the Fire, For His Glory is available at all uh, bookstores on, online. And even at uh, Barnes & Noble uh, locally, you can go and order it there. And um, um, yeah, all of the book the Christian bookstores, especially online, uh, Walmart and those places. And for my music, it's available at all digital uh, download outlets like um, Spotify and uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon, all of those places. And so it's the book at places like Amazon. Awesome. Is there also like a, a personal website or a social media page that you could share to as well? If they wanted to kind of follow you on there. Yes. Um, it's famous be ministries on Facebook is my person is my um, ministry page. And um, my website is famous be.com. Awesome. So if you guys want to um, get more involved with what she's doing for the, her work for the Lord, then I encourage you to do so. Go check out the social media page. Go purchase the book. Um, I've been kind of um, going through it and it's, a, it's an easy read um, and you learn a lot. And so uh, about going through the fire and I believe that it spoke to something in my heart. And so uh, I encourage you to go and get it. I still haven't listened to the music yet, but I'm get, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to. And so I'm really excited. Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, in the back of the book, there is a place that I ask questions for people to just after what they've read each chapter. Um, it's called Fire Notes. You go in. It gives you a chance to start thinking about what you've read and things that God gave to me about mm -hmm. how people can uh, heal from things that they've been, um, you know, blasted with. So like a. Uh, um a Bible study group or something could read the book together and be able to answer some questions on the back of like if a church or something wanted to use it yes. as a awesome. That's awesome. Yes. That's, that's always great when you can have like questions at the back that you can use for like a group study or something. Yes. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So I hope and pray that you guys will go and uh, check uh, Evangelist Faye Mosby out, uh, Faye Mosby Ministries on Facebook, FayeMosby.com. Um, if you want to learn more and you can find her music on Spotify, Amazon Music and other listening podcasts such as iTunes. Um, and as well as um, we could purchase her book at different um, book purchasing platforms. I imagine Amazon, Barnes and Noble, just different ones. Um, if you want to learn more about it. Um, and so I, I appreciate you for uh, coming in and uh, doing this interview with me. And I hope and pray that um, everyone listening receives something that, that was needed for them. Um, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to end this podcast with a prayer. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for just uh, allowing your glory to shine in our lives, Father God. Thank you, Father God, for everything, Lord God, that you allowed her to go through, Lord God, to leave for, for anyone that's willing to pick it up, Lord God, for the next generation to read and learn from. Thank you, Father God, for her life, Father God. And we ask, Lord God, that you would just continue to bless her, Lord God, to be a vessel of light and love. Thank you, Father God, for faith. You are the great Father, and there is none like you in all the earth. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, it's a, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And I pray that everyone will go forward and be blessed. Amen. Hello, I'm Lynn Stacey. I encourage you to become part of the movement. The movement of making Jesus bigger. You can find out more about the Making Jesus Bigger movement by following me on social media at Lynn Stacy Studios on Instagram and Facebook. You can purchase the t-shirt Making Jesus Bigger because we have been given victory in Jesus Christ on the website www.lynnstacystudios.wixsite.com backslash media. By becoming part of the Making Jesus Bigger movement, we are choosing to be lights in the world. Be blessed in Jesus' name. And remember to always go forward and be blessed.